you're cool getting your pay after this recording, right? Like when we're done. I trust you because we've been business partners for so long and friends for so long. I don't think you would just fleece me. So what you're saying is you just know where I live. It has nothing to do with trust. I know where you live. It's one. <laughs> you, you, you can't keep doing that. You have the power of the sensor button. If yeah. you don't edit the show properly, it's on you. What if I just get lazy and don't though? Yeah, I'd recommend it. I'm also going to drop an F-bomb every now and then randomly in the middle of this, and then we'll lose our sponsors. Oh, that does get to be the worst. And any of the shows I podcast is like, oh, we've had a clean eight minutes, and then somebody hits a swear. And what's, I did not even mean to talk about any of this, but I apologize. Please. Apparently, I'm known for editing swear words, and people think it's funny because no one else does it. Mm-hmm. So they're like, hey, dude, when you edit my show, can you do that for me? Oh. But you swear all the time. Like, it's not an occasional. You swear all the time. Yeah, that doesn't work. One of the reasons I think South Park is funny is the the swearing being bleeped. But if they bleeped it all the time, it wouldn't be funny. Also, when I used to buy the seasons of South Park, because I have like seasons one through 12 or whatever on DVD, they don't censor it. And you actually hear the kids dropping F-bombs. It's not as funny. It's weird to me that you would have spent money on DVDs. This was... Pre-2006. Well, no, you now, I would fully understand buying DVDs because you're cheap. That's why you have Jerry Maguire on VHS and not Blu-ray. I totally get that. 16 copies or more, maybe more. Do I have more copies? I don't know. You should have an Ikea bookshelf and just fill it with Jerry Maguire VHS. And then if ever you have a date over, you're like, hey, let's watch a movie and just go to your shelf and be like, yeah, let's pick one out. I want to use a different VHS every time. That's the key. If someone were to grab just a random one, no, 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 I watched that copy a few weeks ago. Grab the next one. And be real offended the entire time. No. God, no. You kidding me? That copy barely plays anymore. I've watched it so much. Grab a different one. I haven't rewound any of them. That's how I know where I'm at. That's a good idea, actually. That's the only way to tell. People used to have to rewind movies after they watched them. Some of our listeners don't know that. It's dark times, man. Be kind. Rewind. Didn't some places used to charge you a rewind fee? Yes, they did. Yeah. You could walk into Blockbuster and they had these tape rewinder machines and they just feed them in there and push them down. We had one at home. I mean, I thought it was cool, but it seems kind of bougie now looking back. It does. A rewinder machine when you could just rewind it in your own VCR. But it tore up the VCR, which really? is why we got the machine. Allegedly. Oh, I, I mean, it could just be a rumor. Who knows? Technology back in the day wasn't great. It did last forever, but there was varying degrees of functioning. Mm-hmm. The refrigerator runs, yeah, but it keeps stuff at like 48 degrees, which I guess is cold, but like it could be cold. Is it cold enough for right? certain things? Yeah. Like, but it's, it's not I broken. eat a lot of yogurt, so it's, you know, suspect. Right. The milk doesn't curdle immediately, so you can't throw it out. Be like, I'm a lot, I can have milk like four days, but I need to finish that gallon in four days. In fact, I only buy quarts now. Right. It's a real hassle having to buy a new cord every two days. Terribly inconvenient, but at least it's not curdled. I don't have to buy a new refrigerator. That's pretty cool. That's how I save money. Broken appliances, so I can afford to pay you your fee. See, kind of, I'm kind of doing something like this recently, where I think I have a slow leak in one of my tires. But instead of getting a new tire or getting the, the hole fixed, I bought a tire gauge for a few bucks. And now I always go to places that have free air. And I'm just going to keep free airing. I spent 10 bucks on the tire gauge and eventually I'm going to come out ahead on this. The only problem gets to be when the winter happens and then it'll be too cold. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's going to start fluctuating more because as everyone knows, cold air compresses the tire. So it's true. 
Yeah, changes the pressure. Damn. Oh, you did it. No, you don't have sense. So that's fine. Then I'm wondering, do you have four matching tires or do you have mismatched tires? I think tires? they'll match. Yeah, I've only had the car a year and a half. They're all Yokohamas. They match. You got Yokohamas? It's easier for me to remember that because the best show, biggest show I ever did was in Yokohama. It's a city in Japan. Yep. A really big one. You remember the big timers? Yeah. They wrapped about Yokohama tires. Ooh. Round about the time, my 92 Camry got a set of Yokohamas on it. Hell yeah, I did. Thought it was stunting. Dude, Camry in high school, that was a hot ride. You also had a huge trunk. Oh, yeah. I, I know I ended up in that trunk a few times. Cops were called one time. I mean, it was unrelated, but it was definitely when chick shut up. We're getting pulled over. Was I in the trunk when it got pulled over once? Yeah. Oh, dude. How do I not remember that? You, I think you mostly were pissed that I hit the railroad tracks too fast. I remember you doing that. It was 100% non-intentional. But then I hear, ow, fuck. And I'm like, oh, that's my fault. It's, yeah. That's my bad. It's pretty funny. Yeah, I laugh. It's funny now. I didn't remember ever getting pulled over and being in the trunk, though. That's great. Mrs. Hildebrand's husband. Oh, really? Yep. Nice. I didn't like her. I don't think I, but she was mean, right? Nah, she was sociology. She, I think she was all right. Oh, wait, that's right. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, she was cool. I was thinking someone else. I was thinking the math teacher that year. I would say no math teachers are cool. It's rare that there's a cool math teacher. I've had a few. It's much less likely. I think one of the guys I coached at the gym is a math teacher, though, and he's pretty cool. Always comes in with Starbucks in hand, which, as we all know, if you come in with coffee in hand, is a power move. Does he have his gym bag in the other? No, a lot of people don't come into our gym with a gym bag. It's just not that type of gym. I come in with a gym bag that you could fit a small human in, but most people don't. You should do it to be obnoxious. If you go to F45, just walk in there with all kinds of stuff and they're like, oh, shoot, I left this in my bag and then start like tossing out boxing gloves and tape and all kinds of <laughs> other things. It's not that kind of gym. I, I, I should. There's sometimes where I will have stuff kind of overflowing out of my bag. Like when I was still going to box more, sometimes I would have my gloves like hanging out of my bag and like, oh, I hope no one sees this. I look like a dick. You left your uh, enhancement pills uh, hanging out as well. Maybe in the mesh pocket, there's your... I'll tell people it's my pre-workout. What were the... <laughs> so hard. Yeah. yeah. If you don't work out engorged, are you even working out? I'm engorging my muscles. Engorgement pills probably work for everything in your body. They at least make you more vascular. Yeah. And that's what I want. Nice vascular arms. Some throbbing biceps. Honestly, if, if the pill works too well, doing push-ups could be very dangerous. I could impale myself. <laughs> Dude, you got to go all the way down. I can't. Yep. I, I can't. But yeah, that's what people are like. Nope, it's lower. Uh, um, mm. And if it's a female trainer saying it, so I can't point out what's going on. I just got to be like, I I'm trying. Hey, I'm Jay, thinking about baseball. Can you spot me on the squat rack? Nope. Can't. No, can't. Not right now. I'm flexing my quads. Promise. That's the thing Blake says a lot. He's <laughs> like, whenever you know, something comes up that could, in theory... Uh, stimulate someone flex your quads flex your quads <laughs> that's his go-to move yeah flex the quads flex the quads <laughs> hey we were all in school when we were going through puberty right i no one ever told me later that you need to flex another muscle group but that helps jake i need you to come up to the board and solve this problem no thanks um i gotta flex my quads first mrs um voles i was that's trying reference. to think of one that would make me need to flex my quads mrs holt Ooh, yeah. She was the terrible math teacher, though. Don't even remember that part of yep, of her existence. Too busy appreciating the good things. Oh, yeah? Yeah, like my massive quads. 
walked out of high school with the biggest quads ever. Yeah. There's no way to relate, no, relate we, this back to the topic. We went a long way away from you not getting paid at the end of the show. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about Shady Promoters, Pete. So this is the thing I thought about a long time. I even thought we could have the Shady Promoter series because there's so many Shady Promoter, promoter stories out there. And there's always new ones. Beauty of my business. Always new Shady Promoter stories. Do you think you're doing a service by helping other shady promoters learn to be more shady or people in the business? Are you telling them stories of things to watch out for? I don't think at any point the shady promoters that have done this stuff thought, Hey, I'm going to do exactly this. See, I all think that they somehow thought they were going to succeed and then they went into cover their own ass mode. How long before BMW starts running shows and implementing these things? He knows all the stuff to do now. And if he pulls it off, he'd pulled off well. Because he's been around just long enough and he's heard enough stories from me. I bet he could pull it off and he's a smooth enough talker where the boys would keep working for him. And that's how you know a good shady promoter, Pete. People still work for him. Well, it's because I signed big names, bro. You know you you know you want to be on the show with Chris Jericho. That that's a secret. Yeah, if you screw over enough guys, where no one will work for you. And let's be honest, there's always someone new that wants to work for you. There's always going to be a young guy that says yes. There's always new wrestling school students. There's always people that will say yes. You can have the worst reputation in the world. But let's say that doesn't work. All you have to do is book one big name. Because then everybody has to be on the same show as let's say Chris Jericho. But the beauty, Pete, you don't even actually have to book Chris Jericho. How many times could I get away with not booking Chris Jericho? Three or four at least. At least. Hey, man, I was going to talk to Jake about this, but BMW, you want to you wanna headline this thing with Y2J, my man? What up? See, because you got to think of the excuses a promoter could use as to why Chris Jericho didn't make the show. Missed flight. COVID. Car problems sponsor backed out there's four off the top of my head i'm sure there's a ton more out there any loyal listener think of a reason you've heard that a big name couldn't come to a show double booking cancel it at the last minute when do you have to tell the fans the beauty of it you can false advertise all the way up to the show you could wait till intermission to tell them that chris jericho won't be here you know, that's a hard example to use. Let's use an example of where someone that has happened to all the time, like Davey Richards. I have been advertised to be on at least 20 shows with Davey Richards. You know how many times I've been on that show with Davey Richards? Seven, maybe eight. Really? What's his problem? He's known for no showing. However, I'm sure there's been a few times where he canceled a week or two ahead of time and the promoter just never said anything, never changed the flyer. Um, there's probably been a time where the sponsor backed out and that ended up having him cancel He's probably double booked, and that's what's caused a no-show or two. Uh, I'm trying to think. Actually, maybe Davey's not a good example. But yeah, this stuff happens all the time, Pete. Promoters will come up with so much stuff. In fact, a show I worked a couple months ago that I was talking about, Thunder or Blunder, he had one or two quote-unquote names on the show. Well, he lost them like 10 days or two weeks prior to the show. He didn't go out of his way to change the flyer until two or three days before the show, until it was too late. He might have actually sent me the updated flyer the night before that didn't have one or two impact names on it. 
Well, he had to get in touch with his media person, and then he had to approve the uh, the drafts for the new print. It's a process. You can't just pivot that yep. quickly. Makes complete sense. Complete sense. So that's those are some shady promoter moves, right? That way people will always keep working for you. And if you want to get someone who's pretty good but a little naive to work for you or agree, you just book them against the name. Will you also take a reduced rate? Oh, absolutely they'll take a reduced rate. For the opportunity to work with Chris Jericho, you bet I'll come in for 20% of my normal rate. But then when you switch, when you bait and switch me last second and I have to work one of my students, you'll expect me to still work for 20% of my rate, won't you? I will. Absolutely. But between you and I. If I could put you in a ring with Chris Jericho for the main event, would you do it for free? I would do it for free. But then when you ultimately lie and switch Chris Jericho out for my student Logan, I'm going to want some money. <laughs> but you won't have it because there's 20 fans in the crowd and Logan got to the pay window first, but I'll want it. That would be the best. Hey, bro, not only am I not going to pay you, Logan took the money I had left. So yeah, he got to the pay window first. We'll come back to that story. So I'm going to tell two little stories of a promoter. We'll just call him Jeremy Parsons. It could be a fictional name. (laughs) Who knows? Could be the guy from the Big Bang Theory. Could be a real guy. Who knows? Who knows? Jeremy Parsons. So, uh, which I think he's dead now. He might be dead now. I want to say that I heard that he died like a year ago. And I want to say that I chuckled. I was going to say, you heard that he died or you just wanted him to? So, and I, should I say that, that should I say on, on air that the guy was such an horrible human being that disrespected me so bad that when he passed away, I was cool with it. Think in life, if everyone's being honest, there will be someone that, you know, who will pass away. You're not going to jump up and down necessarily and celebrate the fact. You're like, oh, yeah. And just move on about your day. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. That's the thing that I heard today. Yeah. You know. You know how, like, when everyone dies, everyone's like, oh, man, they're such a good guy? Yeah. See, that's... I don't like that either. You're allowed to say they're a douche. I... In at my buddy Adam's eulogy, I said Adam was a dick. There were people at his funeral that I know he didn't like and didn't like him, at least until the very end. Like, there was one or two guys that showed up, and I'm super appreciative they showed up because I, there are people I like. But I know that Adam and them hated each other for years, and they didn't mend fences until a month or two before Adam passed. So it would have been okay if they said, you know what? Adam was kind of a dick and we didn't really get along. And you can respect someone for contributions and whatever else, but like, Oh, were you guys tight? No, I hated him, but you know what? I respected him or respected a certain aspect of him. Yeah. Cause largely I think if you hate someone, it's like, yeah, they all together, are just not someone I enjoy. Yeah. Easy. E. I don't think he was a good guy. Probably not a good guy. That's probably fair. I respect the fact that he was an NWA, though. I expect that he was an NWA, you know? I believe it. Legitimacy. So, old JP. So, there's another shady promoter I'll talk about in a different part of the series, because this episode can be devoted to JP, and the other one can be... Another episode can be contributed to his old business partner, a guy we'll we'll call Mike. These two scumbags, who, by the way... They got into the business as referees years before this. Not announcers? Not announcers. Referees. Hey, usually guys that get in the business announcers, cool guys. Are they? I thought that'd be another way to backdoor in. Let me think. There's probably one or two announcer-ish guys. Because you can be charismatic, 
and be an announcer. In fact, you should be charismatic if you're an announcer. Oh, yeah, for sure. So that way you can con people would be my thought. Well, you know, I'm trying to think of the announcer dudes. Yeah, some of the announcer guys that I know that run shows. One of them's a loyal listener. I, I actually asked him for some uh, input on this story. But the the announcer guys I know that made the transition were usually cool. But the referees you got to watch out for. Yeah. So both Mike and Jeremy were referees. I said years before this ever happened, straight up years. Those dudes are shady. Those dudes are shady. They're a little creepy. There's something wrong, but you know what? They're just referees and they were decent referees. So like if they had my match, I'd be like, okay, well it'll be fine. They'll probably count the three. How many times does a referee hit the three count when they weren't supposed to happens decently often happens decently often. But as long as you, you can fix it real quick if you're good, because it's believable that the pin was close enough that the ref hit three, but the person kicked out. So if the ref immediately starts yelling two, 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 they kicked out and they make a signal that there was a kick out and the match is still going, you're good. The trouble is when they hit it and then they panic and they go, ah, 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 ah. and then sometimes they call for the bell. You just ruined it, dog. <laughs> you just ruined a good thing. And there's nothing more disappointing than being in the ring when the ref blows your finish. I've had it happen. I just lost to a clothesline. Dude, come on. Come on. And one of the uh, best matches I've ever had, it's on YouTube. Uh, Jake Owen versus Nitro Green in Denmark. We had a, a near fall so close. The ref didn't hit three, but the music guy did hit the music. And then so like the boom, the music starts playing and then he stops and it kind of killed the crowd for a second. But then we, we got him back. I was like, ah, shoot. Plus, to pull behind the back the curtain a little bit, I think that has to do with the booker of the show being pissed at us for going way longer than we were supposed to, but we were having the match of the year, so screw them. I've definitely hit the music at the wrong time. Eh, it's fine. Eh, it sucks. It's fine. You're talking about the two or three, three falls match, right? I am talking about that, but then I, I blame... Uh, I brought it up more than once, but then I blame the ring announcer who was sitting right beside me because I cut the music off and I ran it for 15 seconds. I knew I screwed up, but I was hoping Ace at the time would have popped. Mm-hmm. He didn't. I'm like, okay, I'm going to run it. And then I looked over at the ring announcer. Hey, so I'm just going to hit the music for the next. Second. No, no, man. No, you can't do that. Like everyone knows you screwed up. Like, well, if I, no, no, bro. No, just wait till the, the last pinfall and then run it again. I'm like, okay. Fortunately, everyone just thought I was an idiot, and I don't think Ace actually come out, came out with the win. Mm-hmm. So some people, I think it kept them in suspense because oh, they all thought sense. Ace was going to win, yeah, and sense. then he didn't. I'm like, mm, would have rather have done it my way. Yeah, you just got to be uniform about your mistake, right? Because if everything's uniform, then people don't know it was a mistake. It just might have seemed unique. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of things unique to specific shows, and you're just like, oh, well, that's kind of cool. There's a few things I always wanted to do a little differently on my show. And it's just specific to my show. Like at the beginning of the match, I'm all about slamming the bell once. And then at the end of the match, you hit it twice. Like it's a Japanese thing or you hit it three times at the end. But that's not a normal thing. It's weirdly different. Plus, everyone has a crappy ring bell. It's always an electronic sound because nobody has a ring bell that doesn't suck. I finally have a good one. Since the boxing gym I worked at years ago closed, I got the bell that we had on the wall. I have a great bell. But people hit it weak. Really? Yeah. People don't want to smoke that thing. But it's got a great sound. It's the type of sound that if I was in my apartment and I hit it, it would definitely annoy the neighbors a few doors down. That's awesome. I know. It's great. 
I should hang out and suck her up. Absolutely. Or I'll come by with some recorders, and that way people's electronic sounds won't suck. They sound exactly like an actual bell. Yeah. So, JP, he ran a, a show, right? The first one I'm only going to gloss over. It was at this place in South Bend called the State Theater. The State Theater is a really awesome theater in downtown South Bend. It's beautiful. It's historic theater, right? He ran a show there. It's supposed to be a charity show. Now, Shady Promoter 101 run a charity show, Pete, because you're going to ask everyone to work for free, and most people are going to agree. Or you book one or two big-name guys, and they come in for a discount because it's a quote-unquote charity show. It's the number one con, Pete. How many charity shows you get asked to run a year? Maybe not run, participate in, I should say. In a normal non-COVID year, let's say I had 200 matches, 150 matches, three times a week, right? Three match, three shows a week. I can guarantee you that, and not saying I took those shows, the charity shows, at least 15 of them would be, 15 or 20 would be asked to be a charity show. And I would be asked to work for less money. That's actually the incorrect way to run a charity show, Pete. The correct way to run a charity show, when I've ran one or two charity shows, is you get enough sponsors to pay the wrestlers their normal rate. Then all the ticket sales, raffles, stuff you sell at our mission, all of that money goes to charity. All the 20 fans that paid the $15 door price. Yep. That way, if you have 20 fans, the boys still get paid. And then something still goes to charity because sponsored covered, sponsors covered it, right? I ran a charity show once and we had a three grand payout and we wrote a $12,000 check to the charity. So you know what? None of those boys got shorted and nor neither should they like, come on, stupid charity shows are bull. So it was a charity show, but I was real young and my friends were on the show. My trainer was on the show. Uh, Rhino was on the show. So I was like, you know what? I'll do it. Cause it's going to be a fun road trip with my boys. It's the reason why I do a lot of shows. Fun road trip with the boys, right? And promoters know that too. That's another reason they book cars of dudes, especially young dudes. So we go to the state. Now, I don't remember all the details of this, but what I do know is shady promoter number two, Mike, I'm pretty sure he never showed up to the show because he had just moved to like St. Louis or something, right? So I don't think he ever even made it to the show. The show's going on. We have like maybe 20 or 30 fans. In this beautiful theater, 20 or 30 fans. So we're looking out and like, oh man. It can only hold like 40 though. So it was pretty packed. Yeah, exactly. It was just that type of theater. <laughs> yeah. Imagine like if you've been in Indy, like the Vogue. Actually, no, this is a lot bigger than the Vogue. You could easily get four or 500 people in there. <laughs> so it's like the Athenaeum. I've never been in the Athenaeum. You get four or 500 people in there. Perfect. We should run a show there. I tried to hang up a flyer at Cochet Coffee, which is in the Athenaeum, the Raskeller Athenaeum building. And they were a dick. Yep. I didn't like it at all. That's them. I don't go there anymore. If you were a ballet, they'd sign you. Yeah, I don't go to the Athenaeum Kojak Coffee anymore. Especially with so many other great coffee shops in Indianapolis. Shout out to at Indianapolis Coffee on Instagram. They're not even sponsoring this. They should though. So I really, you know, I look out. I'm like, oh man. I was like, and I, I think I was supposed to get like something, twenty bucks, thirty bucks, whatever. And I'm like, uh, well, I'm interested to see how this is gonna go because I know my trainer Shark Boy is gonna want some money. I know Rhino is going to want some money. 20 bucks doesn't even cover your gas there. You know that. No, nope, yeah? doesn't. No, and I probably rode with a few other people. So we probably had enough to split gas and get food on the way home. Right. That's kind of what you work for when you're young sometimes. So all I vaguely remember 
is the promoter, Jeremy, coming to the locker room right after intermission. Maybe there's like one match after intermission. And he just starts weeping in front of all the boys, like in the middle of the locker room, just crying his eyes out. The handful of the guys have already left. And I'm like, oh, here it is. Knew it. Oh, somebody stole the money box and uh da, 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 da. I don't know who it is, you know. Um, you know, maybe it was it was this guy and you know, I think it was actually these guys, and of course he pointed his big finger at the little people, Pete. He pointed at the midgets. Those Garney midget bastards took the money box. And you know what? I hate to say this, Pete. I hate that this is a thing I'm going to say that now people can take out of context and use against me. But 90% of the time, if you're booked on a show with midget professional wrestlers, they are the one that stole something. How do you take that out of context? That seems pretty direct. <laughs> it's very direct. Usually, it's if your wallet goes missing in the locker room and there's a midget on the show... I will bet my wallet that they stole it. I hope you work at a show with somebody who's listened to this and they set it up. Somebody else steals the wallet and they go, whoa, dude, Jake said he bet hey, his wallet. Yeah. If Hornswoggle is in that locker room, I'm going to punch his little ass out. I'll go into the locker room and I'll drop him. I bet. Give me back my money. You little piece of shit. Hornswoggle's a name though. He's stealing wallets. He probably doesn't need to. <laughs> the other midgets though. Uh, what are some of the other ones? Uh, Oh, the only other name that came to mind, he passed away. I don't want to call him out. He was skeevy, though. But, yeah. And you know what? I'll just tell you why, Pete. <laughs> the midgets, they hurt. They've, they know they'll have a short life. They want to live it like a rock star. They're always drugged up, pilled out. They get paid a lot of money, and they blow it on dirty shit. So, like, they don't care about being scumbag human beings for their short existence. So they steal your stuff. <laughs> they do it. <laughs> But I knew at this particular instance, even though the midgets already left, I'm sure they got paid and they just left. They didn't steal the stuff. Jeremy, you stole the money. <laughs> I know it. And you didn't steal the money. Like, you just pocketed the money. You're just not paying the boys, right? But then he also threw the other promoter under the bus somehow because I think he said he was supposed to, like, you know, send him money. Before, this was before Venmo or whatever. Like, you're supposed to PayPal him, like, a thousand bucks or whatever. And then... This guy was supposed to go to MoneyGram, all right? He was going to send me the money. He said he was going to wire it. Yeah, but he didn't. He didn't Western Union him in time. And then he also blamed, a little later, he blamed another professional wrestler who I also don't like. And I also think probably does steal stuff sometimes. But at this particular show, I don't think he stole anything. You're vouching for Venice right now? Yeah. Yeah, this in bastard. Since they're both of those words. <laughs> uh no, I remember thinking is, man, how did Shark Boy and how did Rhino get paid on the show? Like, what did what did he have to do to get them paid? Because I'm sure they got paid. So that was the thing. We put it behind us, right? Now, I'm not sure how long later this next show was. These two promoters obviously broke apart from co-promoting because probably because Jeremy here accused Mike of some type of theft, right? They had a falling out. They're both scumbags. So they both started running their own shows individually of each other, as is tradition. Then the show, the main show in mind that I'm talking about here, he ran a show. It's called Universal Pro Wrestling, UPW. And the show itself, I remember being okay. It was in a building where the roof was a little too low. And it drew 20 fans, 30 fans, maybe. He put me that night against a guy named Tyson Dukes. Tyson Dukes is a badass. He's a great professional wrestler from Canada. He's a guy who should have gotten signed a bunch of times, but he didn't. Did he invent Dukes mayonnaise? Yes. Dope. That's the guy. 
So also related to Frank Dukes from Kickboxer. Hell yeah. So uh, Tyson Dukes, uh, he was in the Cruiserweight Classic. If anyone watches WWE and watched the Cruiserweight Classic a few years ago, he's, he's the man. He's a wrestling machine. That's what he goes by, actually, the wrestling machine. I worked him. I had a really good match. I totally, I sucked. He was good. Like, I didn't act like me. I acted like some generic douchebag, babyface, but it was fine. So, of course, I realized again, there's no way that anyone's going to get paid from this show. But a true veteran move on these things is if you know there's 20 or 30 fans, that means there were 20 or 30 tickets sold. So, at the end of the show, if you're a true veteran and you know that not everyone's going to get paid, you have to be the first person in line at the pay window, Pete, to try and get your money. Because if you can get your money, then you don't necessarily have to worry about getting stiffed. Other people will. How much math can you do? What's a normal ticket price? Whatever that is times 20. Oh, I'll do the math real quick. Yeah. So if it's like 10 bucks a piece, 20 to 25 tickets, I mean, that tells you right there, he's only got 250 bucks, 300 bucks in 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 his wallet. So you know what? All I have to do is be one of the first four people that gets paid as long as the biggest paid guy on the show doesn't get in line first. So you kneecap Dukes. Yes. And you run up <laughs> exactly. to Jay. So I, where's my money? I gave a fan five bucks to blindside Dukes for autographs and talk to him 20 minutes about stuff he doesn't care about while I get in the pay window line, which is a good idea that I'm going to do sometime now, not to Dukes. I'm the reason you're here for charity. I have leukemia. Hi. You can't blow off the kid with leukemia, can you? Can't do it. No. Nope. You go straight to hell for that. It'd make you a horrible human being. Think about that on your drive back to Canada, Tyson Dukes. You didn't talk to the kid with cancer very long. But you got your 50 bucks, didn't you? Yeah, I hope you're proud of yourself. 50 American bucks, which is 70 Canadian bucks. Ah, take that to the bank, buddy. enough for a few coffees at Tim Hortons, eh? So, funny enough, uh, I saw this, but Russ told me about it later. Uh, Russ, back when he was fat, Russ, still very intimidating, Russ. He, uh, I guess the first thing that happened right when the show ended was Tyson Dukes went up to Russ was like, hey, Russ Jones, uh, you want to come with me to get my pay and you can get your pay? If you're with me, I just feel like he's going to give me less of a hard time. He's like, oh, okay, bub. He definitely hit him with a bub, didn't he? I'm sure he did because Russ is a bub guy and it's okay because he's bigger than you. The smaller guys can't bub you. So they both go up. They got their pay. They were the first people in line though. So, Pete, I think they were the only people that got paid. Because you were the guy speaking to the chemo kid. Yep, I was talking to the leukemia kid, having a heart and stuff. <laughs> Fool on me. But I saw a few other dudes get in line. And I feel like I saw a few dudes get in line and get blown off. So, I get in, the, I get in line the pay window. In lieu of pay? In lieu of pay. They got blown Oh, <laughs> yeah. So, I'm like, you know what? I've had it up to here with this shady scumbag. You know, he, he owed me some money and I let it go. And he's doing this. And he knew. I was like, he knew he wasn't going to draw. Now, I honestly don't think that all these guys know they're not going to draw. I think that they somehow believe hundreds of people are going to show up, even though they didn't advertise. Dukes is here. People are going to show up. It's Field of Dreams. They'll know. They'll just show up. Yeah. If you assemble the ring, they will come. How will they know? I don't know. One, uh, one flyer above the urinal at this Eagles Lodge is all it takes. Wouldn't that be great? There's a terrible car accident a half mile up the road. Traffic is so far backed up. Everyone sees the sign. Oh, my goodness. Leukemia benefit. Well, I have oh, okay. to. I need leukemia. Yeah, I, I should probably give money to cancer. Why would you feed cancer? That's a terrible thing to try and forward. I suppose. Yeah. Why am I benefiting leukemia? Yeah, no, that's a that's terrible That's not good disease. for anybody. I get in line and I, 
I'm, and this is when I was young and just developing some confidence and some balls. So I was like, you know what? Screw this guy. I'm getting my money this time. I don't care. He's not doing this to me a second time. Fool me twice. Shame on me. So I go up to him. Hey man. Uh, Hey dude. Uh, you know, oh dude, I'm so sorry. We only had 20 fans and you know, it happened again. And oh my God, like I'm so sorry. I'm like, my wife is just gonna think I'm a piece of shit. And in my head, Pete, I would be like, you are a piece of shit. There's quantifiable evidence that you are a POS. Every day she wakes up married to you. Shame on her. Yeah. The day one, shame on him. Day two, shame on her. Year two, shame on her. Leave him. So Can't even run a successful show. What value does he bring to this relationship? Nothing. Obviously, the dude doesn't know how to work very hard. So He's slinging that D. Come on, man. It, oh, man. He, he did look like Ron Jeremy. Wasn't attractive, so he must have been packing something. That English heat, which we talked about off the air. Story for another day. So yeah, so I'm like, I looked at him just like cold in his eyes. He's sitting down. I'm standing up. Power play. He should have been standing up. Don't make me set my Starbucks down, bro. Oh, dude, if I had a Starbucks cup in my hand, yeah, that would been wrong. And now I sometimes wear this really big ring on my right ring, uh, my right index finger, which is like I want to say like a subtle. You don't want to get punched with this hand thing. So like, just saying, I got a coffee and I got a big ring with a compass on it because I'm a world traveler. Respect that. And it'll find the direction of your jaw pretty fast. Scumbag. <laughs> you got fillings? That's why the needle's pointing that way. Ooh, nice. Uh, so I was like, Jeremy? And he's trying to say he can't pay me. I'm like, Jeremy, I don't care where you have to get that money. You're going to pay me. You're, you've pulled this two shows now. You knew you wouldn't draw. Find me my money. I said a pretty, pretty chill, but with some uh, assertiveness, if you will. Uh, 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 you know, uh, well, there's a there's an ATM a mile down the road. I'll, I'll run down. I'll run to the ATM and I'll get you your money. And I turned around and we're also at a bar. I, I don't think it was an Eagle's Lodge, but it was something like that, right? It was a moose or something. So there was a bar. I turned around and I just heard Scotty Young order a beer and I just saw him get his beer. So I turned back to Jeremy. I'm like, you have until Scotty Young finishes that beer to give me my pay. Scotty Young get his check. I don't check cash It's cash. Yeah. yeah. You don't accept check. I've accepted two checks in the business that weren't signed by WWE. Both of them bounced. (laughs) Actually, now that we say that, I got to write that down to talk about the two bounce checks I've got. We should also put that in the rules of being a scumbag promoter. Always pay via check. No, see, that's the thing is you always get told when you're young in business, don't accept checks. But checks aren't really a thing now. No. So you don't really have to worry about bounce Venmo. I did, in fact, see Scotty Young once say, the promoter said, I'll Venmo you. And he said, okay, pull out your phone. Yes, he did that. It was great. He's like, oh, great, great. I'll wait. You can do it right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, 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 no, you can go ahead. I'll give it to you right now. Well, there's a line behind you. That's fine. They can wait. Were you in the room? Oh yeah, dude, that's awesome. That I, that he's my hero for that one. Remember, we got to remember that story. Well, that's that's when I was filming you for something else. I wish I just wish I would have brought out the camera and filmed that too. Yeah, that was pretty epic. And the funny thing was, like, Scotty Young said that to a guy that people usually don't stand up to he wasn't expecting it and they got him his money though and he'd given him half cash 
He's like, oh man, I'll get you the other half later by Venmo. And that's when he's like, you can do that now. We're good. You can go ahead and take care of that. Yeah, you can do it now. And he did. That's epic. I guess Scotty might have gotten his money before I did. Because he bought beer. Yeah, he bought a beer. So he probably got his money. Or at least some of it. Or otherwise you owe Scotty Young a beer is where I was going with this. Okay, yeah. yeah. You have till Scotty Young finishes this beer, bro. Thanks for ordering a beer. Hey, you gave me some time. So, dude left. And I thought... He's not coming back. So I just sat down and made myself comfortable at the bar knowing I got stiffed again, right? And just ready to ever see this guy in the future or if to see if he was running a show just to make a stink about it and let everyone know. Ten minutes later, dude comes back and he gave me my money. Was he buying your silence? Because now you're not going to run your mouth about his next show or are you still going to run your mouth? He might have been trying to. And that sometimes these guys do that. They will make sure to pay certain people because they don't want issue with guys that have enough pull or enough people listening to them that could hurt their reputation. At the Scotty Young incident, I know the ring announcer made mention. He's like, man, this is like the fifth time I haven't been paid. Yeah, and I feel bad for that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is our loyal listener, right? Yeah. Yeah, which I still feel awful about that. So is it because he's the ring announcer and no one cares, or is it because he's a nice enough guy he's not going to run his mouth and tell everyone? He's a really nice guy. Yeah, because he's such a nice dude. And I, I hate part of the business sometimes is nice dudes get stepped on. You know, and then, I mean, it might be a little stature of them looking out. Well, he's not a wrestler, which is also not cool. But yeah, a lot of nice, a lot of times nice guys are just like, oh, okay, that's fine. It happens. I've done it before too, where I'm just like, oh man, I don't want to, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. So I'm not going to say anything. I don't know how all the air left your tires. That's weird. Which reminds me about a, a few other things that this uh, about this guy, right? So I was talking to loyal listener Ryan, and he reminded me that this dude had ran a few shows, and that on almost every show he had to crown a new champion. And what it would be is, let's say for argument's sake, Jake Oman versus Tyson Dukes was the main for the belt. I think it might have been. We have the match. Tyson Dukes wins, and he wins the UPW Heavyweight Championship. Well, now, as a good promoter, you'd make sure to bring Tyson Dukes back, right? But Gotta what, defend that title. Yeah. Now, what if Tyson Dukes cost you a lot more money than you wanted to pay? So now on the next show, you just vacate the title, and you can have two young dudes fight for the title, and you don't have to pay either one of them and then crown a new champion. Why don't you just give it to some Mark like Rhino? He probably works for cheap. Yeah. Well, I think Rhino only worked for him that one time. But Ryan reminded me that uh, he was at a show and he and Zach Gowan were talking about this promoter and Zach Gowan was like, wait, is that dude running shows? I, or like he knew he was running a show. Maybe he's like, I think I'm the champion though. Why is that guy the champion or why are they fighting for the belt? <laughs> well, I'm sorry, Zach Gowan. He didn't want to pay to bring you back in. So he just vacated the bell all the time. Wonder what that dollar threshold is. It's like, man, everybody else works for 25 bucks. This guy needs 150. I can't afford to bring him back. Nope. No way. Well, one time, Scotty Young and I were at a show, and we were a tag team match, and we were in a match for the tag team titles against two dudes who used to be kind of known. And the promoter was like, oh, I can't make Scotty Young and Jake Oman the champions because I can't bring them back every show, and I don't want to pay them. I can't afford the rate. Yeah, I can't afford them, which our rate was nothing. And then... So we put the belt on the other two guys who were at least double our price. At least. 
And I don't know if he brought them back either. I think he did once. Yeah, but whether he paid them ten grand or you guys collectively five, that's still expensive, man. I mean, it's expensive. Yeah, you should just put the belt on some jabrones. Are uh, BMW and Dutch Boy Platinum available for a tag belt? No comment. That's their business, Pete. <laughs> but are, are they jabrones? That was that was mostly oh, the point. They're not. I should make my students charge a lot more than other green kids just because they're so good. I got a message today from a guy who used to be a promoter and like train people. And he was like a big name back in the day, but he transitioned to a ring announcer. So people, a lot of younger guys now, Bruce buffer. It's Bruce buffer. Who's a terrible ring announcer. But anyway, this guy still is at shows sometimes. And a lot of the young kids don't know who he is. His name diamond Dan diamond Dan Garza. And Dan was a hell of a worker and he was like a big deal back in the day. And now a lot of the kids have no idea who he is. Right. So this dude's in the locker room paying attention to people and watching matches and stuff. And they don't realize that diamond Dan is like a, a dude. And Dan sent me a message today. I was like, Hey man, the three kids you train were you know, at the show yesterday. They did a great job, real professional. You're doing a great job training. I just want to let you know. And if anyone asks me about training, I'll recommend them to you. I'm like, that's right. So I should make sure my kids charge more money. <laughs> they got the double D seal of approval. They got the diamond Dan seal of approval. They don't even know yet. I haven't told them. You shouldn't. Just go to their heads. Every single one of them. You're right. I just keep humble. I should be like, Diamond Dan said a lot of negative stuff about you guys. And that puts me in hot water. You have to pay me 10% of what you make from now on. Yeah. You thought training was hard before. Guess what? Some trainers actually do put stuff in the clause that you have to give them 10 or 20% of all the pay you make. I would do something douchey like that in that look. Your first WWE contract, I get 2%. I don't know why 2% is my number, but I just assume... A WWE contract, 2% of that would be meaningful money. Decent enough. Yeah. And probably an amount of money where if they got a contract, they'd be cool with separating from 2% of it. Yeah, that's such a that's such a nothing number. All right, $100,000 contract. Well, 2% of that is gone. All right, well, I mean, I lost 40% to taxes anyway. What yeah. Do I care? It's not really a big deal. You still get 52 grand. <laughs> so, all right. Yeah, and for you, it's not like a life-changing amount of money, but it's like, hey, way to go. I Two, just yeah, two thousand dollar pay bump. Right, I'm good with that. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I mean, who's hurt? No one. Pretty much. Pretty much. Or, or if they're smart enough, they'll write it into their contract. Yeah, here's a dollar amount, but you're going to cover the two percent owed to Jake Oman. I like that. Yeah, that'd be great. Two percent of the contract offer, and then they can add on top of that if they want and give it back to him. Yeah, Triple H. He's gonna be like, Nah, man, that's too much. Two grand over that. Pfft, we're done here. Yeah, I, I bet I bet that's I bet legit. Some people have asked for just you know a thousand dollars too much, and that's what screwed them. That'd be sweet. Why didn't you get signed, man? I asked for bus fare to get back after I signed the contract, and they told me to go to hell. They <laughs> said I didn't want it. Have you had a negotiation fall through over some really stupid small number? Usually, it's an apology. People and I want a written apology. That's not what we do. We can't do that. I'm like, well, then we'll go to court. Like, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty open and shut here. Right. We're negotiating in earnest. We uh we had an agreement and then they said they wanted a written apology. Most of the time the judge is like, Oh well, seems like you guys had an agreement, seems like you should honor that. <laughs> Just move on. It pretty easy, yeah. Yeah. Pretty easy. All right, well sweet. That's a, a small glimpse of uh, shady promoters. I actually have a whole page of shady promoter stuff here that we can, you know, just throw in randomly in the shady promoter series. I don't even know if we made it a quarter of the way down that page. We didn't. 
there's so much more, which is going to be great stories for another day. Shady Promoter Series. Tell your friends. Shady Promoters. And anyone who's listening that has Shady Promoter Stories, feel free to reach out and tell me about those. Or better yet, if we were at a show together and there was a Shady Promoter issue that I just forgot about, let me know. Like I texted Ryan Anderson. I texted Scotty Young. I texted Russ Jones about uh, and my buddy Damon about this episode. I was like, hey, you want to fill me in some details for some of this just to make sure I get it right? And they even told me about one or two other things I meant to talk about, but I didn't yet. Damon, that puny bastard. Is he doing all right? He's doing pretty well. Yeah. Actually, he told me about, he. well, he didn't remind me, but I had a question about this Roddy Piper story once with a shady promoter. So that's that's a story for another day. Classic. Hashtag Roddy Piper. Rest in peace. Hashtag they live. All right. Thanks for listening, team. We are at Off the Cliff Pod. I am at Jacob2012. Pete is at Multimedia Hustle, and we'll catch you uh, next week or potentially the week after.